Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Got a couple of very patient callers on the line. I will try to get two. Let's begin with Ralph out of the sprawling metropolis of Spartanburg. Good morning, Ralph. Hey, Vince. How are you today? Doing very well, sir. I'm so glad to speak with you. I heard you earlier talking about education and the cost and the loans and all. Yes. What I want to know, when did we give professors the right to write their own material? But see, that has driven cost up dramatically, dramatically. Yes. Well, explain my this. What do you, what do you mean by... One semester. Okay. And then we had to buy a different book the next semester. And it was basically the same thing, paraphrased. <laughs> this whole book thing's a racket, isn't it, Ralph? Yeah, it's a racket. I mean, we had national curriculum when we were young. What's wrong with that? Well, I, I, I think... Again, this comes back to the idea of my conviction of all of this, Ralph. I think the whole thing's a racket. I really do. I think the whole thing as it relates to money, the amount of time that students have to spend, I think four years, uh, there's no reason in the world for these uh, general education requirements and these things that extend the time that you are there. Um, you know, what, what is that, all of that, what is all of that for? What does it accomplish? To me, I think it's job security for the people who are part of the educational complex. That's what this is about. It truly is. Yeah. Uh, um, and you, and the sad thing is, Ralph, we don't hear voices of reform out there. I I don't hear any. I know. Yeah. They claim they're looking to reduce the cost. They want to reduce the cost. They want to reduce the liability to you by shifting it to other taxpayers. That's how it works. Ralph? I see where the Mecklen County School has been pushing that curriculum that has people knowing how to be superstars. Oh, it's it's just wonderful, isn't it? Ralph, it's good to hear from you. Do call again sometime. Uh, very insightful. Not surprising at all, but we'd love to hear from you again. Let's go out to Matthews, cross the border, come back in North Carolina with Clyde. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning, Vince. Thanks for my call. We love your show. Thank you. Hey, you know the $10,000 they give to this uh student debt relief, why didn't Biden come up with $10,000 on credit cards or $10,000 on medical bills? First of all, on the credit cards, we know that Delaware is the lead state for credit card companies, and we have to believe that the uh, hospitals got a hold of Biden because they're not going to give up $10,000 of uh, owed debt. <laughs> so why did they just come up and say, hey, 10000 for the kids, 10000 for the parents? Let's make this really equal for everybody. I then again, Clyde, if if they can figure out ways to, quote, give people money, they probably will. Uh, You know, if if there's a political way to do this, that's going to be beneficial for their careers. uh, You just never know, because the cost to them is absolutely nothing. Right. Correct. 
you're ultimately going to be the one who's going to pay for this. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> and if you don't think that, the public doesn't think that, they're really uh, – there's a bridge to nowhere in Alaska, I'd like to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I hear you, man. Hey, great to hear from you, Clyde. And uh, I think there are a lot of people out there raising these kinds of questions. They are just really basic, basic questions. Hmm. I'm trying to censor the text line as I go through. It was kind of funny. I was talking with someone the other day. It was like, how do you do that text line? You don't have anybody looking at these things in advance like no it's in real time and i'm yeah just trying to be very careful <laughs> we'll just put it that way this texture i think put this up twice wanting to make sure i saw it yes i did see it vince we're in crisis even bloomberg is reporting the u.s only has 25 days left of diesel in reserves People are going to starve, get sick, and die, and it's planned. I'm hearing this everywhere. Just concerned about what's going on with our energy supply because, as you know, the president has decided to dip into our reserves again. Our reserve supply of energy, which is supposed to be for emergencies. We don't have an emergency. You know what the emergency is? We have a senile old fool in the White House. That is the emergency. And unfortunately, this emergency is going to last, in the very least, until January 2025. God help us. God help us. I don't know what else to say about that. As you know, we had all of these lockdowns and... Most states, unfortunately, locked down, forced businesses to close, kept students out of school. And I'm sure by now, you're hearing about the price that's been paid by our children. This is not a surprise at all. USA Today reporting reading and math test scores fell across the U.S. during the pandemic. Is anybody surprised by this at all? Educators, community members, parents working to help kids catch up from pandemic-related learning loss through accelerated learning and high-dosage tutoring. National test scores published Monday prove a loss already felt in America's schools. Results from the National Assessment of Educational Progress show dramatic and sobering declines in math and reading scores for the nation's 4th and 8th graders. Laying bare the, the ways the pandemic-related disruptions damaged American students' ability to learn. Folks, this was devastating. And frankly, it was senseless and needless. Should not have been done at all. Although federal officials who administered tests, also known as the nation's report card, typically caution against directly tying anything to students' performance on tests. This time around, National Center for Education Statistics Commissioner Peggy Carr did not hesitate to attribute historic, troubling declines to student achievement during the COVID-19 pandemic. Math scores for grades 4 and 8 on the nationally representative test showed the largest declines since testing started in 1990. Reading scores declined in both grades, too, since the onset of the pandemic. 
2022, reading scores in fourth and eighth grade decreased by three points. 2019, average math scores in fourth and eighth grades decreased by five and eight points, respectively. This is not a small sample, either. 446,700 students at 10,970 schools across all states at the beginning of the calendar year. 2022 results also show students with the lowest performing, the lowest performing students performing even worse. The greatest concern, more students scored at what are considered below basic levels. Not a pretty picture here. And again, this was needless. Didn't have to happen this way. We'll bring this home. We'll report on how things panned out in Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools. I don't have figures for other schools in the region, in the upstate, for instance. I'm sure if they're not available now, they will be. Stay with us. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. the text line by the way it always drives me up the wall to hear our traffic person during commercials for food and I'm thinking oh my gosh I'm hungry <laughs> over on the text line wait a minute I thought all the crisis we're facing now is supposed to happen under Trump thank you Democrat voters then again Trump stole the election from himself. Go figure. We're all screwed. <laughs> Good morning, Vince. I think we just need to be true to our beliefs. Society will take care of the rest. I don't think there is a winning team. Am I wrong? I don't ever remember Jesus saying, let's win one for the team. Mm-hmm. Good line. Very good line. The decline in testing for students isn't on the schools, but should be laid at the feet of the parents. As you point out, too many of your listeners are not college graduates and downplay the need for college. Pretty sure the very educated parents' students performed well. You think so, huh? Hmm. Also, this text on our economic situation. Vince Bread, a dollar fifty at Walmart. Lido and Aldi, fifty cents. Really? The price is that good. 
it's very helpful because I need to do some grocery shopping today. For the break, I told you what's happening nationally with test scores. Charlotte Mecklenburg is out with its numbers. Student performance, according to the Charlotte Observer in Math and Reading, slid sharply since the start of the pandemic. The district has lost progress and made toward closing achievement gaps. According to data released today, CMS posted its worst scores on record in the 2022 National Assessment of Educational Progress. Percentage of students displaying at least basic reading and math skills now lower than in 2003. Oh, my goodness. When CMS started participating in this assessment. The district also saw achievement gaps between white and black and Hispanic students grow by double digits since 2003. In response to a request for comment, CMS officials said they take time to digest the data before discussing it. North Carolina's reading and math scores also dropped to the lowest level in three decades. The state's racial and socioeconomic achievement gaps on the exams wide actually widen in several areas as well. This is not a surprise, folks. Not in the least bit. Goes back to what I said before. Doesn't need to be repeated. This lockdown thing was a disaster. It was a horrible disaster. And our children have paid the price for it. That's what it comes down to. I want to uh, drift into politics now. I told you folks that this to me is not a political issue. It's really a humanitarian issue. I don't know what's wrong with Joe Biden. I suspect that the man is experiencing some effects of dementia. Now, after this latest piece of video, you cannot see this. You can hear what I'm about to share with you. But I kind of wonder whether this guy has a problem maybe with narcolepsy as well. I don't know. You can look this video up for yourself and tell me what you think. Or if you happen to see it already. So Joe Biden had an interview with MSNBC's Jonathan Capehart. Now, you've already heard that it's not official that he's running in 2024. He's waiting till later on. Now, it got disturbing when he was asked a question about what his wife thinks about this. Now, there's a pause here. Now, the pause can be attributed to what I've thrown out as a possibility, narcolepsy, or there's some sort of mental lapse here. Or maybe um, he didn't want to answer the question because it was a probing question. He doesn't get those very often. Here is Joe Biden talking about 2024, um, at least the words. You can tell me what you think. Listen up. The reason I'm not making a judgment about formally running or not running, once I make that judgment, a whole series of regulations kick in. And I have to be, I treat myself as a candidate from that moment on. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that. Uh, that I uh, that, that we're that we're 
doing something very important and that I shouldn't walk away from it. Okay. What do you think? That was weird. It really was. It's weirder when you watch. You know, you kind of get the sense that Jonathan Capehart is, it's almost like he's waking him up. Um, President Biden. Like he's getting his attention as if he's drifted off. Now, I, you know, I, I don't, I've acknowledged to you, I have my own sleep issues. I have experienced narcolepsy. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. You can be in the middle of a conversation with somebody, especially on the phone, and just drift off to sleep. <laughs> I could tell you stories, the funniest stories, of conversations that people have told me they've had with me. Oh, you didn't remember saying that? No, I don't remember saying this. Didn't it hasn't happened as much recently, but it was years ago when I was even more sleep deprived than I am now. But what are your thoughts here? Do you think there's an issue here of narcolepsy? Do you think there is a lapse here because of mental acuity? Or do you think he was afraid of answering the question that maybe Jill Biden, his wife, doesn't want him to run again? Or do you think it's a combination of all of those things? It's always possible. Maybe she doesn't want him to run again. And he really didn't want to answer that particular question for that reason. Kind of interesting stuff, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Vince Nancy Pelosi thinks we should change the subject when it comes to inflation. I think we should change her. Well, the speakership could very well be changing in January. And I'll make a prediction to you. If the Democrats actually lose the House, I think she's going to retire. I wouldn't be surprised if she retires at the end of her speakership and goes back to San Francisco. Which would be great. They can have her. This texter says the interviewer put him to sleep. <laughs> oh, gosh. Picking on poor Jonathan Capehart. <laughs> Stay with us. All the years I've been voting at the same location, we never had two machine process. First saw this when I voted in 2020. Hmm. I was told then the second machine was because of the virus. I hope this two machine process is legit, but I'm very concerned because there's no virus restrictions this time, right? I don't know if that was correct information you were given, to be honest with you. Just saying. Don't think that was the reason behind it. Think this is just new technology. Was there another text I was thinking it was safe to read here? Oh, that one. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Joe Biden actually thinks he's actually doing something important. Never thought I'd think a president could actually think destroying the country he was leading would be a positive endeavor. But what do I know? 
<laughs> and this one on Pelosi. Vince, I disagree. Pelosi will stay in office until they nail her coffin shut and bury it upside down. <laughs> My gosh. You guys are terrible. Should be ashamed of yourselves. Speaking of Joe Biden, I'm just telling you, I think the messaging is already underway with the assumption Republicans are going to get control of the House, at least the House. They're now preparing in their messaging to blame Republicans for the horrible economy. See, they make this a win-win. They screw things up, and then they blame all the consequences on Republicans. You don't believe me? Just listen to this nonsense from Joe Biden. This is what he's saying now about Republicans, even claiming Republicans are saying this. Listen up. Just this week, Republican leader says if they get their way, they're going to extend the tax, the Trump tax cuts, which are due to expire in a couple of years. Extend them. They said they'll repeal the corporate minimum tax of just 15 percent that I just signed into law. 15 percent. They'd allow the largest and most prosperous corporations in America to go back to paying zero in federal income tax. A Republican plan would add about $3 trillion to the deficit. $3 trillion. That's their plan. The Republican leadership in Congress has made it clear. They will crash the economy next year by threatening the full faith and credit of the United States for the first time in our history, putting the United States in default unless unless we yield to their demand to cut Social Security and Medicare. You heard that one, right? You all heard them say that. That's what they're saying. Let me be really clear. I will not yield. I will not cut Social Security. I will not cut Medicare, no matter how hard they work at it. (laughs) You know, these folks, they are not creative at all. It's the same crap over and over and over again. This is what they do. How many years have you heard Republicans want to cut Social Security? They want to cut Medicare. They want to cut Medicaid. They want to starve your grandmother and have her eating out of a tuna fish can, a dog food can. I mean, come on. This is what they do. So they're already preparing to offload the garbage they've done onto Republicans. <sighs> so nauseating. By the way, over on the text line, Vince had two family members come down from North Carolina. They voted early. No ID required. Cheating galore. Oh boy. That's not good. But there's no voter fraud. Remember that. No such thing. This is all an invention. One other quick thing I want to get to before we go. And one of the things I, what did I warn you about, folks? False binary choices. Here's an example. Liz Cheney, following up some comments from Kevin McCarthy, who's talking about pulling the plug on some of the funding for Ukraine. I think it's a legitimate conversation to have about whether we should be funding this, whether this is our place to fund this. Now we have Liz Cheney, who is going to an extreme, I believe, 
and making some derogatory comments about Kevin McCarthy. I'm not a fan of Kevin McCarthy. But listen to this. Well, look, the speaker is second in line to the presidency. And at every moment uh, since, frankly, the aftermath of the election in 2020, uh, when uh, Minority Leader McCarthy has had the opportunity to do the right thing or do something that serves his own political purpose, he always chooses to serve his own political purpose. And, you know, that extends to what we've seen just in the last few days with these comments about uh, aid to Ukraine, the idea that somehow the party is now no longer going to support the Ukrainian people, which you know, for somebody who has a picture of Ronald Reagan on the the wall of his office in the Capitol, uh, the notion that now Kevin McCarthy is going to make himself the leader of the pro-Putin wing of my party is just a stunning thing. Uh, it's dangerous. He knows better. But the fact that he's willing to go down the path of suggesting that America will no longer stand for freedom, mm -hmm. I think, tells you he's willing to sacrifice everything for his own political gains. Now. I don't necessarily doubt this about Kevin McCarthy. I'm just being honest about this. I'm not a fan of this guy. Not in the least bit. But I also don't trust Liz Cheney. You want to talk about opportunism and doing things for your own political purposes? <laughs> See, this, this is the kind of thing that's very dangerous. Because what happens is people pick sides. Oh, you're on Liz Cheney's side. Oh, you're on Kevin McCarthy's side. Guess what? I'm pick. None of the above. Neither one of these people. And on this Russia versus Ukraine thing, I think I made it very clear. I hope Ukraine prevails. But it is a legitimate question as to whether we should be funding this. That's a legitimate question. And withdrawing funding does not mean that I am pro-Russia. This is childish. It's stupid. We need to have a legitimate conversation about this without these labels, because they are not necessarily true. I don't know what Kevin McCarthy's position is on Russia. I doubt he's pro-Russian. What an idiot. Stay with us. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program over on the text line. This is pretty funny. This texture says, I trust flatulence on a torn up stomach more than I trust Cheney or McCarthy. But I will take McCarthy's side in this argument. <laughs> it's from Jeff. Also, this one. This texture says Liz is a cackle away from being Hillary Clinton. <laughs> as in Liz Cheney. Oh, boy. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. And we have a total of nine questions here. Hopefully, uh, this list is not so bad. Are you ready to go, Chris? Yeah, sure. Do we have Chris? Certainly, I'm right here. One. Okay, uh... uh... Just trying to figure I, out. I guess what is you. I guess you can't hear me, Vince. Bernie. I, 
We're going to be with us? No, no, you're going to have to do this without uh, me. Do our final uh, segment of the broadcast on this Monday for some reason. You're going to have to do it without us. I finally figured it out. Now are you there, Chris? Uh, Yeah, I'm here. Yes, you are there. Yes. That is the oddest thing. My, um, I will tell you later what happened with that. We have a total of nine questions. Actually, there are ten. This list isn't so bad. 1901 is the first one. 63-year-old Ann Edson is her name. She got into a barrel with her cat and took a ride. She was the very first person to do this. What did she take a ride over? Uh, this the, is a crazy stunt to pull. Uh, the Atlantic Ocean. Um, not quite. She went over Niagara Falls in a barrel with her cat. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I just can't imagine somebody doing a crazy stunt like this. 1931. The George Washington Bridge opened up, and it connects this these two states together. Very important communication uh, mechanism there. George Washington Bridge, what does it connect? Uh, Delaware and New Jersey. You got one state right. It's actually New York and New Jersey. George Washington Bridge, that opened in 1931, by the way. 1945, a lot of people uh, are not pleased with this, the fact that we got involved in this thing and put it on our <laughs> on the grounds of our country. 29 nations ratified the original charter of this organization starting in 1945. What is this organization that still is headquartered here? United Nations. United Nations. 1951, this president declared the war with Germany is over. Can't believe it took that long. 1951? Who was president then? Same one who dropped the bomb, I believe. Truman. That is Truman, President Truman. 1962, this was a breakthrough album for him. It was called Live at the Apollo. Live at the Apollo, the name of this. And uh, this is from the Godfather of Soul. That ought to be a great hint for you. James Brown. James Brown. 1973, this is a war named after a, um, a, an important cal- uh, holiday on the Jewish calendar. It ended on this day in 1973. Which one is it? Yom Kippur. You are correct. You're on a streak here, Chris. 1992, this team beat the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series, the very first outside the U.S. That kind of narrows it down to two. You just have to figure out which one. Who beat the Atlanta Braves? The Expos. Oh, no, it was the Toronto Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, 2003, this made its final commercial flight from New York City to London, the supersonic plane. What was the name of that supersonic plane that doesn't fly anymore? Concorde. The Concorde. By the way, they're working on a new uh, supersonic plane. Um, I'm not interested in taking part in that experiment we'll let that uh, let them try that for a few times before 
I get on it. Well, that's all the time we have. We appreciate your presence on this broadcast. As always, have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.